You are listening to WHUP LP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal. Hey, it's time for D Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. That's right. Both of you, get ready. Because this is a fun, fun, freewheeling kind of show. It's what I would normally call a potpourri, a mingling of flavors, a cornucopia of scents to titillate your rock and roll funny bone. So we are going to start. We're going to dive right in with a song that was recorded by a band on their last album, 74, and then covered by one of their biggest fans in 1978. It was a B-side of a single that was released actually by the guy who wrote the song, but retitled the band for the B-side because nobody thought it was going to go anywhere. So he's kind of doing a favor for this guy and his band who were very young and hungry at the time, but it became such a big, very popular song that they tacked it on to the artist who recorded it, his album coming up the year after that. And it became a huge hit. In fact, you can still see the video on television. Sometimes it's very, very popular. It's a brilliant song. And that's how I'm going to start my show. Must have been 
small peace and love It's just for the children of the new generation special so much to say words that got away back then tonight tonight let's begin again it's been so long gee I'm glad to see you sitting here with you I know that we were true back when the day I'll always be your friend So many words To so many songs 
Get lost in the stars as time goes on And yet, here's to good friends Who promised they would never So much to say, words that got away back then. Tonight, tonight, let's begin again. Let there be good times, the warmth and the glow are still just as strong as long ago when we met. Here's to good friends who promised they would never. Tonight, tonight, let's begin again. I met a gentlewoman. Took my heart away. She said I had it coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. But I wanted it that way. I said any love is good loving. So I took what I could get, went out and grabbed what I could get, and then she looked at me with those big brown eyes, and she said, "Yeah, you ain't seen nothing yet." No, you ain't seen nothing yet. But, 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 baby, here's a loving, here's a loving, but, but. Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. I got something hidden in my heart for you now. You ain't seen nothing yet, but, but, baby, no, 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 no. So much better, 'cause I found out for sure she took me to a doctor. Nice fella, and he prescribed a cure that ain't jive. I think any loving's good loving. Baby, 
is a loving you never forget. Just wait till I get cooking, wait till I get cooking, ain't seen nothing. Wait till I get going, pretty but but lover, you ain't seen nothing yet, baby. You know, of course you know, that Randy Bachman of Bachman Turner Overdrive and uh, the Guess Who wrote exactly two number one songs in his life. He wrote, You Ain't See Nothing Yet for Bachman Turner Overdrive off the album Not Fragile, which I, which I like a lot. And he also wrote American Woman from 1970 off of his last album with the Guess Who, the American Woman album which for a Canadian group propelled them to American stardom probably forever. But then you know how things go. The guitar player converts to Mormonism and just everything goes all to heck. Anyway, that's the story of the guess who. And that was a loving tribute to his former bandmate by Burton Cummings who had a hit in the United States with Stand Tall. Don't you fall, oh, don't you do nothing foolish now. Silly Human Pride reached number 10 in the United States. A disappointing solo career here in the United States. I think he had two number ones in Canada, but that one reached number 10 in the United States. So, um, gosh, the guess who I bought I bought an album of theirs that was recorded in 1981, which only had one original member, and it was not Burton Cummings, and it was not Randy Bachman. Uh, I think it was Jim Cale, and it's it's just awful. And I'm going to get my hands on um, the Guess Who 87, I think, is the next album I'm going to get, because it sounds even worse. But they were the, the big heroes with uh, Burton Cummings' unerring sense of pop hooks and Randy Bachman's facilitation of same. So that was You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet from Burton Cummings' first solo album, 1976. Before that, a song called Here's to Good Friends. Now, people of a certain age will remember that that's the theme to a commercial for a beer called Lowenbrow. I'm not a beer person by any means, but gosh, as young as I was, that was such a nice theme that I, I actually thought of taking it up. But my mother said no, as I was a preteen, you know. Off of his album, Here's to Good Friends from 1978, I don't know which came first, the song or the jingle, but I can tell you this. The guy who wrote that, his name was Bill Backer, rest in peace. And he wrote that song in addition to, as well as also the song, I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. 
he was an advertising guy, you see. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. He wrote those two songs. That's all you needed to do to have paychecks coming in every day for the rest of your life. Anyway, so they used Arthur Prysock's. Arthur Prysock was an old singer. He he was he started in the big band days, but then in 1978, lightning struck. And uh, he started to uh, reap the benefits of having his voice on commercials. And then they replaced his voice with anyone? Clint Holmes. Yes. Clint Holmes, who had a hit in, I think, 72 with Playground in My Mind. My name is Michael. I got a nickel. I'm going to buy me candy and drugs. And Clint Holmes is, is warm in my heart because he used to I think he came from Buffalo but I know he used to appear on the telethon every year and Clint Holmes was a big star in Buffalo on TV all the time and that's the story of Arthur Prysock's um, biggest hit turned into a wonderful jingle for Lowenbrow have you had Lowenbrow is it any good all right. Before that, Art Reynolds singers from 1966 singing the original version of Jesus is Just All Right from 1966, which became a hit of significance for the Doobie Brothers off of their album Toulouse Street. And I uh, and, uh, reached number 35, not one of their biggest hits, but it was certainly a big hit. And on, again, not to put too fine a point on this, but in Buffalo, you could always count on uh, the classic rock stations to play plentiful songs by the Doobie Brothers, just not the songs that weren't top 40 hits. And before that, another story about this song, which you love, which I love, we love, called What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, which, of course, you know, is the Elvis Costello song from um 1979 i think but before that it was recorded by brinsley schwartz who is brinsley schwartz well you know they were a bar band who had toured and toured and toured and not gotten very far but on their last album one their their one of their big voices one of their main creative influences nick lowe wrote this song called What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. And he himself thought it was really, really good. So they released it as a single. It went nowhere. But when Nick Lowe released his single from 1978 called American Squirm, which my friend Dan Lewis, Dan Lewis loves a lot because he's a big Nick Lowe fan. So Nick Lowe releases a song called American Squirm. And on the B side, he releases a song by a group called the Nick Lowe Sound. And there's a different voice. It's not Nick Lowe's voice. It's Elvis Costello's voice on the B side of a Nick Lowe Sound single. So that's sort of the beginning of... Elvis Costello's group's transcendence from, say, a one or two hit wonder to international fame. And it all happened because Brinsley Schwartz toured and toured and toured and, and Elvis Costello loved them. 
Even after they broke up, he loved them. This is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities on WHUP FM 104.7. Or if you're not driving around downtown Hillsboro, it's WHUPFM.org, which you are already listening to because I'm telling you that you are listening to it because you hear my voice. All right. So onward, inward, upward, and an interesting story coming up in this next set, which only has three songs, two of them very short, one of them relatively long. Let's hear how it goes. Let's hear how it goes. Oh, Sergeant, we are draftees and we've just arrived in camp. We've come to wear the uniform and join the martial tramp. And we want to do our duty, one thing we do implore. You must give us lessons, Sergeant, for we've never killed before. To do my job obediently is my only desire. To learn my weapon thoroughly and how to aim and fire. To learn to kill the enemy and then to slaughter more. Instruction Sergeant, for we've never killed before. Now there are several lessons that I haven't mastered yet. I haven't got the hang of how to use my bayonet. If he doesn't die at once, am I to stick him with it more? We hope you will be patient, for we've never killed before. And the hand grenade is something that I just don't understand. You've got to throw it quickly or you're apt to lose your hand. Does it blow a man to pieces with its wicked muffled roar? We've got so much to learn because we've never killed before. Want to thank you, Sergeant, what we've learned is plain to see. You've taught us how to kill and how to hate the enemy. And we know that we'll be ready when they march us off to war. And we know that it won't matter that we've never killed before. We know that it won't matter that we've never Everybody's talking about the seventh sun in the whole riding world. There is only one, and I'm the one. Thank you. 
sound so sweet Gonna even make your little heart skip a beat Heal the sick, raise the dead I can make little girls talk out their hair Cause I'm the one
dance shows, eh, baby? understand a word of that I did not and I think that that makes sense because it was sung in Japanese Japanese turn in Japanese turn in Japanese <sighs> we started that set with Buzz and Joey with a song called the willing conscript from 1965 what is the historical significance of that song well almost none I don't think that either one of those guys Buzz or Joey recorded another song at least I didn't find any in my research. Uh, but the song was written by Gary Paxton, who I've played many times on my show. He's the fellow who wrote um, the big A equals the big M. For A, read abortion. For M, read murder. And uh, stupid Christians. Or something something dumb dumb christians stupid christians fat fat that's what it is fat fat christians because he decided to not just you know be a follower but also a, a critic of other people of that but while he was on he produced two number one songs in the united states one was Eliup, and 
The other was the Monster Mash, which you sing every year because you love it. Oh, yeah, Gary Paxton. After that, a song called Seventh Son from 1971, which you folks who like blues know because everyone has done that song. Willie Dixon wrote it, and everyone covered it, including the band I just played, which was the Chicago Climax Blues Band. The Climax Chicago Blues Band. Who had one of the most unusual, I think, chart arcs in the 70s in that they had two hit songs about four years, five years apart that sounded nothing like the other one. The first one was Couldn't Get It Right, which is a very interesting production. I enjoy it. Whenever I hear it, I stop and listen because of the um, interesting lead vocals, the interesting baritone lead vocals. Which were sung by Colin Cooper. If you ever see the performance video of them at that time, he is the fellow standing in front of the stage with a saxophone around his neck. But he's not playing saxophone, he's singing the song, which I think is very interesting. I like it. But then four years later, they came out with another hit. Another hit, which is unusual for a band that was presumed to have reached their zenith. But, nope. Another member of that same band wrote a song called I Love You, which you know because lots of people play that song. It's still played on the on the radio, adult contemporary radio and all that stuff if you still listen to the radio. Ooh, I love you. Da, 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 da. It's got awful lyrics. Don't print don't don't look up the lyrics because they're really really dumb. But the song is catchy and somewhat memorable, and it reached, I think, number 13 on the American charts. So Climax Chicago Blues Band shortened their name to Climax Blues Band. And now they still exist, but none of the members who recorded those songs are in the band. But someone's making money. I don't know. After that, you heard Emmanuel Lewis singing a Japanese version of the song City Connection from 1981. Who is Emmanuel? Yeah, come on. You know who Emmanuel Lewis is. He's that, um, I guess there was, there was Gary Coleman, Rodney Allen Rippey, um, Mason Reese, uh, short, cute kids with a mouth on them. And Emmanuel Lewis was in the TV show with Alex Karras who used to play football for the Detroit Lions and got embroiled in a gambling uh, controversy. I can't remember the name of the show. Hang on. U.L. Lewis. Anyway, Emmanuel Lewis, if you look him up, he's a diminutive fellow. Um, Still alive. He was a Webster. He was the titular character in the show Webster. Because the show was about him. Because you couldn't fail with a, a short kid who could 
speak and articulate and was precocious and witty lines and all that stuff. <clears throat> anyway, he had a short recording career, and one of the songs he recorded was a song called City Connection in English and then another version in Jap Japanese, which you just heard. Isn't that great? Don't you love it? Anyway, my name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. I'm rolling out the obscurities for you today. This is really, really uh, arcane stuff. I know you like it. I know you like it. I think next week I'm going to be doing more of a theme. I think the theme is going to be um, <clears throat> oh, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I, I have an idea. Um, and I think it'll be really good. So uh, this next song I'm going to play, you will recognize. It was recorded in 1972 and was an instrumental version, became a very popular, to this day, theme song for a television show, a beloved television show from the early 70s. But there were lyrics, and uh, Ella Fitzgerald recorded a, ver well, performed a version of it. The song is called The Street Beater. Thank you. But that's how you remember it.
is on strike. Hi, this is James Brown, soul brother number one, always fighting. Now I'm fighting for your life. I'm fighting for your life because if you use drugs, you better leave it alone. Drugs are contagious. They're killers. Every drug is a killer. Stay away from drugs. Drugs will take your life away. And if you want to live, stay away from drugs. Because they are super bad, super bad, super bad, super bad, super bad, super bad, super bad. Gladys, what will your flowers bring you?
Sorry about that. <clears throat> it bled into the other song. I didn't mean for that to happen. I'm so sorry. Okay. Lots of lots of things to talk about. That was Julie Uge with her version of John Lennon's Love from 1971. Who was Julie Uge? He, she, uh, the, the. She was <clears throat> Penthouse Pet of May 1969 which gleaned her the role of the James Bond movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. She would later appear in quite a few movies, usually as the Scandinavian blonde 
pretty girl. Hmm. Yep. So that was a pretty neat arrangement of a fairly mediocre performance, but I would say it's better than anything that Barbie Benton ever came out with. Before that, Jeannie Pearsall with her song Gladys, no, from 1968, produced and written by Darby Slick, who was a member of the band The Great Society with his brother and his brother's wife, Grace. And he wrote the song Somebody to Love, which you still know because it's in every commercial and it's a TikTok meme, as they say, although nobody who uses it knows that the man who wrote that song was Darby Slick. Anyhow, what had happened was um, after the Great Society split up, he, um, he had a lot of money, he had a lot of time, what he decided to do was take his friend Gene Pearsall to Chicago with him, where he produced and wrote two singles for her. And now what I want you to do is go on YouTube. And I want you to look up the words Genie with two N's, Pearsall, P-I-E-R-S-O-L, Gladys, G-L-A-D-Y-S. It's from 1968, and it's a pretty neat video of her performing that song. I mean, it's not just her standing there performing it. She's dancing in front of all the um, the acid flashback stuff in the background, but there's some really neat shots of her face in different exposures and stuff. For 1968, it was pretty neat, pretty good. I liked it. So go look that up. I think you'll be pleased. Before that, James Brown with... Uh, Fight Against Drug Abuse from 1971, when he was fully and wholly on the goofballs. <clears throat> Before that, oh, okay, Vic Venus. Vic, <laughs> Vic Venus with a song called Everybody's on Strike from 1969, released on the Buddha label, where Lou Christie was at the time. I happen to know that, because Lou himself sent me a greatest hits from Buddha. Uh compilation which i treasure i love very much <sighs> anyway the guy who recorded that song jack specter he was a he was a dj at wmca in new york city and that station was the first one in the united states to play a beatles single a capital record single which was like their new company and he was then that station was the first one to play I want to hold your hand some people claim DC some people claim New York and he became associated with the station that introduced Beatlemania to the United States so you can imagine how marketing went crazy over that fact once they blew up in December and January of 63-64. In fact, he hosted the first American performance of the Beatles at Shea Stadium in 1964. 
that's good because Shea Stadium is in the United States. No, I think what I meant to say was he hosted the first Beatles Shea Stadium concert in 1964. That's what I meant to say. Anyway, before that, Ella Fitzgerald from 1972, a live performance of the song The Street Beater, which is actually the instrumental version is actually the theme to Sanford and Son, which everybody knows. Yeah, you know it. Don't tell me you don't know it. You know it. My name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. And I want you to come visit me at dsides.podbean.com where all of my shows reside from as far back as five, five and a half years now. Wow. And you can hear me talking, waxing philosophical about bands like the Bay City Rollers, the Bee Gees, Fanny, the Hollies, Ted Nugent, Gary Newman, early Fleetwood Mac, things that never reached the top 40. I talk a lot of I talk a lot about all of them. Why? Why? Why do I do these things? Well, it's because of 1964 was the year that the Beatles came to to the United States and while they had their contemporaries in England 64 before that, well 64 was the year that America discovered Beatlemania and the British invasion. So you had bands like, well, I've also talked about the Dave Clark Five at length. The good and the bad, but mostly the bad. Especially the stuff they did later on in their careers. Including their attempts to mimic American hits after they were American hits. Songs like Sweet City Woman and Dragging the Line and Na Na Na, Hey Hey Hey, Kiss Him Goodbye. Dave Clark Five did those songs after they were hits in the United States to try to capitalize on them so that they could be British hits. So they pretty much copied them note for note. I mean, there was very little. But I digress. Also, um, uh, the lead singer, Dave Smith. Dave Smith was his name. Uh recorded a bunch of ads for um, Marlboro cigarettes. And I have the demos that he did for them. Very slick demos recording them for the Marlboro disco show in 1980, I think it was. Uh, Disco was dead. He just didn't know that the body was going to hit the floor. But I have all sorts of that stuff. Um, I did a I did a Beatlemania, the Wake of Beatlemania show where I did all those bands like the Bill Black Trio and um, Freddie and the Dreamers and Jerry Marsden and the Pacemakers and all those bands that existed around that time and what they were doing in the later 60s and maybe sometimes in the 70s. People like PJ Proby kept recording into the 80s and 90s. I love that stuff so much. You know why? Because that's the explosion. 
Before that, I could go as far back as something like Chuck Berry or um, <clears throat> Brill Building people and stuff like that. I could go that far back. But what I really like to do is take my take my show from that time where the Beatles blew up to, to see what happened after that, after all the bands had time to sit in their garages and hear this stuff and say, we should form a band. There's they're a group. Every each, all four of them do something. It's not like Cliff and the Shadows. All four of them do something. Look at that. He's singing boys. He's singing boys, and they're great. So we should do that stuff. And sometimes it's awful, as you know, terrible. But I like it. I like all that stuff. But to me, that's when, that's when it has to start. And it has to end in 1980 because that's the year that synthesizers and drum machines took over. Where you didn't have to get a band, band of studio musicians together anymore. You didn't have to get like four or five guys practicing their instruments, coming up with something. Touring and touring and touring and touring and touring like Blondie or Ario Speedwagon or Styx. Now, you can just go into your basement with a couple guys, just press a button, go, do, 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 love will tear us up, which is all it is to me. So that's why my show is from 1965 to 1980. Just because loosely based, that's around the time, that's around the sweet spot of pop music, I think. Oh, I also do, I also did like, this is WHUPLP Hillsboro. Um, also did like a sh- Sha Na Na, stuff like that. Stuff that's really not cool. Uh, Sensational Alex Harvey Band. Um, oh, just all sorts of stuff. Anyway, that's why I do it around that time. Before that, let's see. Oh, yeah, we'd already, we already talked about that. Okay, coming up is some really bad stuff. Plug your ears. Really bad. Emotions going too 
Mr. Ozzy from up the hill Decide to check on him grocery bill And when he mad up the things he need The tune he done with him safe he buy little weed Him hand on him jaw lad Read him I and just meditate The time is so hard lad I man nothing about immigrate I make up me my lord I might as well go get Simon Fate So I forward a market I sight the butcher boy by the gate You want what? No, I might a kill a queen Try beef now I no check for no grass for green What about fall? What you know is time for a change Me a fish Got children out of that range How about the steak? What you know you know sight the rape Try the tribe now Bone me belly when I pull me pipe Alright, hold the pork Push him out me brethren here, sell I a pound at that thing there. Then the butcher pull up a stool, begin to question as he how him so fool. What kind of something cooking a pot? From him born, he never did hear about that. Well, watch I know, master, give I time, make a try, explain. It's just like a flim show We protect the humble with change the name I would have feel so cute We come in and ask for some anal fat I and I feel safer If we change the subject and call it that You are what? No, I might a kill a queen Tell the beef then I no check for no grass or green We both fall Watch I know it's time for a change Take the fish then Got children out of that room Me a good steak in Watch I know you no sight the rain Tell the tribe then Burn me belly when I pull me pipe First on the pork then Push your mouth, mind me brethren here Sell I a bone at that thing here 
trod up the hill Like a spike you think you meet Rasta Jeremiah from down the street Guidance me brethren Is why you having a daddy bag You kinda get frightened And begin to hide it beneath him rag That man no be high lad Make we go on me yard and take a sat Meanwhile light a fire And we help you eat up the bone of that Me have a steal you know No I might a kill a queen You want culture I does. no deal with no grass or green Hold the fold then Watch and know it's time for a change Each fish does Got children out of the dream The stage full you know Watch and know you know sight the real Then hold the tribe Burn me belly when I pull me pie Well tell the poor man Mush you mouth like me bread drink here Sell I a pound of that thing here And a ram goat you know I might a kill a queen Tell the beef no man I no deal with no grass or green Sure hold the fold Watch and know it's time for a change Them by the fish no man Children out of that rain Tell the stick job Watch and know you know sight the real Hold my to the train Hold
Someday, Lou Christie is going to drive up to the station when he knows that I'm going to be on the air. He's going to wait for me. He's going to come out of his car, his rental car, and accost me at the station doors. And he's going to kick my ass because I'm playing everything he ever recorded. But I don't care because it was meant to be played on the radio and I'm going to play it on the radio. Because it was meant to be played on the radio. Why else record? Except for if it was like a tax write-off or something. No, I don't think Lou Christie would do that. So, like his rock and roll doppelganger, Freddie Cannon, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You just heard a song that was the B-side of a single he released in 1975, with no acclaim and no sales, but it was the B-side called Sunshine Kid, which was written by Tony Romeo. Who is Tony Romeo? Maybe he says Tony Romeo. But songwriter from way back in the 60s who wrote some songs you know. Mostly... You know, I Think I Love You, which was recorded by the Partridge family 
1970. Yes. He also wrote Point Me in the Direction of Albuquerque for the same album for the same group. He wrote a lot of songs for the Partridge family. Let's just say that. Brooklyn Bridge. Other stuff. Also, I'm going to make you mine for the aforementioned Mr. Christie and Indian Lake for the Cow Sills. And he wrote that nice little inoffensive B-side for Lou Christie or at Lou Christie. Before that, the Daughters of Eve, who were one of the first girl bands, all self-contained, although there were additional horns on this one. Social Tragedy from 1968, their last single before they broke up, got married, met boys. Before that, Pluto and a song called Debt from 1976, which number six in the UK did not. Did not cause any trouble in the United States, let's just say. And before that, uh, another song by Lou Christie, which was recorded, I think, well after the uh, parameters of my show, Hypocrite I Am, called Love in a Limousine, which I think is just awful. All right, listen to me. I'm Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. And I'm going to try something that I might regret. Let's all remember, 47 minutes and 45 seconds. Yep, it's going to work. Okay, so when I was a kid, very young, I had a music teacher. And her name was Miss Nixon. We cannot agree how it was spelled. Nixon, N-I-X-O-N or N-I-C-K-S-O-N. All I know is that she had a very large bouffant hairdo that was gray. She had, I think, a mole on her neck. That's all I remember. And the fact that she was very nice very patient, and uh, she kicked me out of chorus in fourth grade. Even though I was the best, she kicked me out because I kept getting the words to, you're a grand old flag wrong. I didn't even know what I was singing, but I knew that it was funny, people were laughing, and I didn't really want to be in chorus. But I do remember Miss Nixon, Mrs. Nixon, breaking out a 10-album a set called The Spectrum of Music. And then she would play songs from The Spectrum of Music and she would hand out the sheet music or there was a book that came with it, I don't know. And we would sing these songs. Erie Canal, Delgato, Let's see. Um, oh, um, Cucaracha. Um, Kookaburra. We talked about Kookaburra on one of my shows when I was talking about how uh, Greg Ham, the flute player from Men at Work, incorporated the Kookaburra theme into Down Under and ended up killing himself because of what happened. But you'll have to find that show. I will I'll probably put it up on on the um ah, anyway. So I I what I did was I got I got the fever. 
the vinyl fever, the vinyl shakes. I got that violent juju. And I ordered the Spectrum of Music. Someone pointed me to a copy on eBay. It was a paucity. It was not much money. But it was worth every penny just for this song. Come on. There we go. Final is so sweet. Pure. Just like me. is more songs from that album. of a 
oven I cook bread in a pot and sleep on the ground for want of a cot. My ceiling's the sky, my floor is the grass, my music's the lowing of the herds as they pass. My books are the brooks and my sermons the stones. My parson's a wolf on his pulpit of bones. So I have to explain something to you. I hope you like that. That was the cowboy really captures the life of a Wild West guy, right? Yeah? Well, when you buy, when you had those albums, you know how a normal record, you, you, you put it on the beginning and it goes from, um, from speak to me to breathe to on the run to... Um, uh, whatever is next. Well, if you had an album like that, they went song and then they stopped. They didn't stop. There was just no runoff groove where it would go into the next song. It would just keep going into empty space. I don't know if you know what I'm saying, but it would not go on to the next song. It would stop at that song you played, I guess, to minimize class dissension by going into the next song or whatever. Anyway, it's been an education having those those uh, records. Um, and I hope you liked Fender Bender. I did. I've, I spent my life wondering how Fender Bender sounded after I had heard it the first time when I was like eight. And uh, it was no disappointment except to say that Miss Nixon had a defective turntable because all the songs sounded slower than they actually sounded on the real station turntables like we have here. So it goes Fender, Bender, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at school it sounded like Fender, Bender, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the kids had been like defeated in life and they were just like going through the motions like a lot of kids in West Seneca were doing at the time. Anyway, my name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. I hope you like that little detour. Here's some more rock and roll for you. Q rock and roll. Speaking of
up one morning about 3 a.m. Remembering the missing link to a formula I stumbled upon years before. Suddenly, I called my faithful dog to my side and from a batch produced a sample of the formula, offering it to my dear pet. Faithful animal was fascinating. This form of disposition to chase the cat, the rabbits, and other sundry animals of the estate had gone. Instead, he walked gently through the darkened, dank forest, a look of peace and calm about him. I knew I must spread the formula to all mankind. my solution around the world, I must have had to leave the laboratory for a little while, but when I returned, she was gone, the dumpster was gone, I mean, not gone yet, but the heart meter said she was almost gone, she was dying, what could I do, she was almost dead, there's the meter, the meter is now red even, the line is evened out, you know what that means? Where the sleeping city is alive. 
That was the Hello People from 1969. A B-side called Jelly Jam. Jelly Jam. Off their album Fusion, their second album. I played a lot of uh, Hello People last week. I played the Hello People and I played their, um, their Getting It Together with TIAC recording. Recording their song and uh, putting together all the parts. It sounded really good. But then Todd Runger got a hold of it. and <sighs> Anyway, before that, the group with two O's, the group, a famous myth off of the Midnight Cowboy soundtrack from 1969. I like it. I like that soundtrack and I like that song. <clears throat> before that, the Beach Boys, My Solution from 1970 that was not released on a real album but it was recorded around the same time as they were recording <laughs> um, Surf's Up and that was written by the same guy that wrote God Only Knows so God Only Knows in 66 and four years later my solution so stay away from drugs kids like James Brown says and before that, Nick Lowe, in his final solo and, well, his, his, his fulfilling of a contract, let's say, before he went off to uh, doing his thang after Brinsley Schwartz. And that was something he called Bay City Rollers We Love You from 1975, billed as the Tartan Horde. The Tartan Horde. Well, I've talked enough and I've listened even more than that. My name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities on WHUP, and I will see you next week.
years fly by Hannah I see some new lines in your face And that pretty red hair's been replaced But you're still as pretty as can be You're all sleeping sound. Your hands are very cold. Is something wrong? There are so many things I meant to say. Oh, Hannah. I'm too late. Streaming live at, w- Streaming live at WHUPFM. And that-